0: Welcome to Talk Back. I'm Kahari. And I'm Rishi. And we're best friends talking theater and culture while spotlighting our Black and South Asian communities.
1: Today, we are talking about Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, which is all the rage in the theater community. And we're excited to get into that today. So Rishi, how do you, what is your relationship to Ratatouille generally?
0: Me and my sister just loved that movie. And I think it's weird because I know some people love it and some people hate it. But um, when I heard about this, I was so excited because I didn't need any refresher on Ratatouille. I just, I know that movie by heart. What about you?
1: So I liked the movie when I saw it back in the day, whenever it came out. But compared to some other Pixar movies, like The Incredibles, Oh. Finding Nemo, Inside Out that I've rewatched yeah, yeah, yeah. over and over again so that they're part of my DNA. That wasn't my experience with Ratatouille. It's kind of white, like the whole French culture thing yeah, I was yeah, yeah. super interested in.
0: People forget that that movie is genuinely bizarre. That was just at an age where like me and my sister were just so excited for whatever like Pixar movie came out. I just remember every year it was like, what is the Pixar movie? It was just an exciting time. It just makes me think of childhood.
1: Now, Ratatouille is just going to be ingrained into your adulthood. TikTok has been, you know, the most fertile ground for musical theater content in the past, you know, year, honestly, which is kind of wild. And then, you know, in the fall, Ratatouille really emerged through this exciting process. All of these songs were just, like, piling on top of each other, and it was a really rich and exciting time just to, like, scroll TikTok and hear a new song, like, every week. How did you, like, engage with that in the fall?
0: I remember, I think when the first video came out, so Emily Jacobson, um, who is uh, a famous TikToker, she made a video of a song she wrote about Remy, which is the song that kind of began this movement um, after finding out about the Ratatouille ride. So I remember hearing that song early on. And at that point, I think there was only a few um, people had taken her song and like, had it added orchestrations to it or had added choreography to it. And I found that really funny and then i just feel like for the next few weeks it was like video after video tiktok after tiktok just so much content and like i remember like when it got to the point a month in when i was like seeing costume design vid videos and choreography videos i was like this is not just like you know composers this is like a theater making movement and i don't know i just remember being so like finding it so hilarious at first and then just being like shit this is like real this is like something serious that i think is really, really cool.
1: In December, it was announced that it was actually going to be a full virtual musical uh, that would premiere in in January. And all of the proceeds of the, the show would go to the Actors Fund, uh, which is, you know, beloved in the theater community. And I was, I feel like I wasn't surprised when they made this announcement because by then people were already talking about like oh, is Ratatouille going to go to Broadway? Because the number of views and hits on these TikToks surpassed like any of the the musical theater videos on YouTube that we might be looking at. Yeah. Um, it there, it was truly like incredibly
0: viral. I don't know. I just want to shout out some of the people who are involved. So Daniel Merslept he did the orchestrations, and then um, you know there's so many amazing people. But then Alex Powell did that overture. Um, That overture really got me because it actually gave me chills thinking about it because I was like, wow, all of these people came together and now this is like something tangible. One thing I felt the entire time was like, Ratatouille, the musical, is so much bigger than just this thing. It's Mm. like, they took some of the most popular songs, but there are hundreds of songs and there are hundreds of like costume designers and choreographers and directors and people who have like contributed to this. And it's like anything that comes out of this is only going to be picking up parts of it. And I think that's what's exciting about it too. So I really appreciated it for what it was, but I was also like, you know, this is not just, this is not the end of the TikTok musical. This is just snippets of what some people created, you know?
1: I was thinking about how miraculous musicals are and how just getting a musical to happen is, it's simply a miracle. Like there's so many people yeah. who need to work on a, a piece of musical theater to make it happen and seeing something come together during this really devastating time for our community was really inspiring and
0: life-giving for me. And we should also say that the concert, um, it raised two million dollars for the Actors Fund, and people have Mm -hmm. commented, like, that's incredible. Like, that is a testament to how huge this entire phenomenon was that it could do that because there's many ways to think about the show. But I think the most exciting thing about it to me is just that something that did not originate in the Broadway community became a Broadway thing. It became something that was actually so powerful. And I think like, especially the theater world, we're always looking for like amazing ideas and and the idea that something could come from just like the people and make it into that world and Ashley Park and Titus Burgess and Mary Testa could be singing those songs. Oh my God. Like yeah, her tap number, I just need to like shout that <laughs> out. Like like incredible. Amazing. And and Andre de Shields, like I just, yeah, it was, it was so special. And also like, what a way to start the year. So I'm so grateful that it exists. So now that we've seen a musical like Ratatouille blow up on TikTok, what do you think this means for the future of musicals on TikTok?
1: It's interesting because I think that it's honestly a separate form because you know I think what's special about theater is that you're you're it's a live event and that it's in person um, and theater on TikTok theater on honestly, any virtual platform, but especially TikTok, it's a different thing. Um, yeah. And I think TikTok, it's 60 second long videos, um, but kind of what I liked, and we've had conversations about whether or not TikTok is good or bad for um, this generation of artists and also just citizens, uh, because yeah. you know, I think there is a fixation on short-term uh, satisfaction right now and instant gratification. And yeah. you know, everyone our age can like, watch a TikTok, but can you watch a movie? Can you read a book? Um, yeah. But I think like, what we're seeing happen on TikTok, especially in terms of musical theater, is like people are creating really uh, original and creative pieces of, of material that are often quite artful. Uh, and you have to really think meticulously about what you put into 60 Seconds. And I think you know, all of the, the content that emerged in Ratatouille is a testament to that that like sometimes these restrictions and constraints that might not seem natural actually are conducive to generative art I don't know I definitely don't think it's going to replace musical theater and I think anyone who fears that just is just doesn't understand what's happening like it's never going to replace uh, something that's so much bigger and so much it's just a I think TikTok and musical theater are two different things. And I think TikTok and musical theater is a brand new form that we're just learning about, but it's totally different than what we already, like than musical theater as we knew it before.
0: I think the way we talk about TikTok needs to be similar to the way we think about YouTube now. Cause like when YouTube happened in 2006, that was a game changer for creatives, for people who wanted to share their content for the first time with the world. It kind of, created an opportunity for everyone to be artists for the world. And that was so exciting. But has it replaced theater? Has it replaced film? Has it replaced television? No, it's its own thing. Um, And I appreciate what you said about that. I also think the thing you said about like, it takes a lot of, you know, thought into producing that one minute. I just want to remind people making a TikTok is really hard. It's (laughs) It's not just like, oh, like, you know, because it's a minute, it's going to be easy. It's like, All the people who composed songs for that, they had to write those songs. They had to orchestrate them, they had to perform them. It's like, just like with any platform, it's all the talented people and how they make use of it. I'm just hoping that as this continues, we start pulling from these places because it's like, listen, the people who wrote songs for the the Ratatouille musical, some of those songs were really incredible. And I would love for those people to be hired in the theater industry and to be able to work. And I just hope, casting directors and people who are trying to bring talent into the industry realize that TikTok and all digital spaces are a really good place to look for people who don't have the connections that many of us have to New York City.
1: It makes sense to seek out talent from TikTok because TikTok is a democratic platform. Like, all you need is, you know, um, a cell phone and... and access to the app store, which most people have, um, in order to actually make a TikTok and be a part of this ecosystem. So I think it's exciting. I I hope that it allows us to find like undiscovered talent similar in the way that in the 2000s, so many people literally became famous off of YouTube. Um, I was actually just listening to Justin Bieber's new song. That's Mm. funny. And I remember that he was founded on YouTube, which I feel like is crazy because I don't even associate him with YouTube anymore. But but yeah, I, I, I think it's it's exciting. It makes me want to like actually honestly like go on TikTok more, even though I'm very conscious of yeah. my time and it can become a rabbit hole of, of just looking at all these talented people because there's, like I do question how casting people are going to engage with it because it, it seems hard to curate uh, a TikTok that's actually useful, a TikTok feed that's useful for you specifically, because I know for me, like when I get on the app, I just, it ends up being a big waste of time often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess that's not true because with well, Ratatouille, you know, they made the hashtag and then suddenly there was a centralized place for all of the Ratatouille content to live, so. I'm excited just to see what's gonna happen. I think it's new ground that we haven't fully explored. So I think we're gonna be surprised as time goes on.
0: And also like when Broadway gets publicity for any reason, like let's face it, like this is one of the best pieces of news the theater community has gotten in a long time. Like musicals have been in like the headlines because of Ratatouille. And in a year when there was no theater, And then when there was news about theater, it was mostly about how racist the theater is. Let's celebrate Mm -hmm. that TikTok gave us a positive theater story.
1: Yeah, I think a big piece, a big takeaway here is that crowdfunding and democratic collaboration are valid processes for creating theater. Um, Like, I think it's, we can't ignore that Ratatouille is a Disney property. So like, I can't even imagine how different this process would have looked like if Ratatou- if Disney actually said, we're making a Ratatouille musical, you know, it would have been like a, a, a really gatekeeped process. And there would only been, you know, certain people who had access to to work on it. But what's exciting about TikTok isn't just that, uh, you know, casting agents can go find talented people, but it's that talented people can find other talented people yeah. and make yes, things yes, together. Yes, um, and it, that's, that's not something that, theater, like the, I don't know, like even me as a post-grad who like low-key knows a lot of theater people, even I have a hard time collaborating with my friends because it's just tricky and like there's not a lot of infrastructure to make it happen. Um, you know, yeah. like I, we have to do it ourselves um, unless, we, you know, we are backed by uh, a, a corporation or if we are like a part of a company, whatever. Um, but TikTok, I think, allows you in the comfort of your home to, like use that duet feature and like someone made something and you can add on top of it and boom you have a collaboration and i think that's and, also yeah. really special and we and we need to we need to remember that and hold on to that because the the collaboration of this is the most special part
0: what are the strange loops and the octets and the hamiltons and the hades towns that could come out of a you know people collaborating on these you know on these forums you know what i mean yeah. and people finding each other
1: Another thing about this that made me really emotional is that it's a Gen Z piece, like a lot of these people who are making these songs were like kids, Um, kids or like very young Gen Z or millennials. And I think it's so hard for young people to get into this industry. Um, And this kind of felt like our moment. and I'm being expansive when I say we, from people who are like five to like 30, you know, but like young yeah. people who don't have power. Um, and to your point, I think TikTok offers the opportunity for more voices that are um, unheard by, by, you know, these gatekeepers to, to rise to the top. I do genuinely feel that young people are um, marginalized, like, just even thinking about why Disney musicals are so often heavily criticized by by critics is because they're for kids. Like, I think there, of course, are reasons to criticize some of the musicals, especially, I think the bigger critique on Disney is, like, the corporatization of Times Square and of, <laughs> of Broadway. But Walt Disney has a famous quote that, like, it all started with a mouse. You know, it all started with, like, this, like, kid's little friendly idea. And I think, you know, we need to take... work of children and the young people seriously because we're doing the most creative stuff like i don't need the people in their 60s version of this frankly um i want our version
0: there are technological things that i do worry about with you know our generation just being so immersed in all of this technology and not having you know like not growing up like able to be as present but it's also like you know that is true, and I definitely do think that's something that you know we have to be wary of in the way we organize and community build, and you know politically create a future for the world. That you know we're making sure people are supported in other ways, but I also think we have to look at the creative things that young people do and say, "How is this different from anything that has come before?" And yeah. recognize that things that are classic now were once groundbreaking, like this. You know,
1: mm-hmm. I, another thing that I'm really grateful for about the process of this is how decentralized it was and how, um, even when the announcement was made, it didn't feel like there were like one or two people really driving it. It felt like this was really a communal effort um, Mm -hmm. and felt like a piece of theater that was devised um, by a group of people who had equal footing on the project. Um, and I think that's really important because like even getting into power dynamics in the theater, like there are people who hold so much power to make big decisions and it really didn't feel like that was at play here. And I think that allowed it to succeed. I think when we do decentralize and take away the power structures and the hierarchies within the theater, there are more possibilities.
0: There's something really beautiful about collaboration that doesn't involve this person being at the top and being kind of the arbiter of all choices. Like Mm -hmm. the idea of everybody kind of, I mean, you know, people who devise have been doing this for decades. It's not anything new, but let's bring that more into like the mainstream, the idea that collaboration can be healthy and democratic and all of those things. And that's something that I love that the platform naturally does, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Something that people are learning because of that, you know?
1: Well, the question I have for you is how do you think this TikTok musical theater creating is going to evolve or continue once theater is back, whenever that happens? Do you think things like this are going to continue to happen or do you think this is just a COVID moment?
0: We cannot deny that this has awakened something in people. And I think these platforms are going to outlive COVID and they're going to be powerful far beyond that. I think TikTok is going to have in the next 10 years, I think we're gonna see a lot of interesting things come out of there. Um, yeah. I think in relation to the theater community, at least, I'm not sure how much there's going to be dialogue there because I'm kind of worried that the theater community is gonna to try to just go back to being its old self, you know what I mean? And not really kind of march forward with, you know, all of the ways it should, like there's so many ways in which the theater community needs to change. Um, so I think it's up to all of us, frankly, who are interested in these new avenues that the world has taken creatively in the last you know, year. I think it's up to us to fight for that and be like, no, that was really cool. We can't forget about that. Let's use all of the things that we did learn in this awful time to create something new. I don't think it's something that's gonna happen naturally. I don't think we should assume that Broadway is always gonna care about TikTok or that there's going to be this dialogue between these two mediums always. I think it's something that we need to continue to fight for and I just hope that people feel energized to do that because I think as much as many horrible things have happened during COVID, we've also learned a lot about creative ingenuity and innovation and what people can do given like collective grief and depression. Like, I think that's a beautiful thing what people can create out of that. But let's not lose that spirit as we return to the world.
1: And let's also just continue to, to let theater live places that aren't just in the theater because we know the theater's inaccessible and I've just been having such a hard time thinking even about accessibility in the theater that doesn't include putting things online. So let's like, I don't know, to your, to bring back the bootleg conversation, we need to, to let theater just live online, like Broadway HD and Digital Theater Plus. I think they're great and I think they, get people excited about the theater and we see with ratatouille raising two million dollars for the actors fund off of donations from like five to fifty dollars um and uh, how many people are viewing this tiktok material like people love musicals like it's people people just naturally love it and if we if we let people engage with us they will um if we give them the accessible opportunity to um you know I just think more and more people are going to get into this industry and I'm not interested in even entertaining the question of will that make live theater obsolete no it won't okay I'm a big sports fan I'm a big basketball fan and uh, you know there's a huge ecosystem of filming broadcasting reporting etc like people watch so much sports on their couch but God knows that like these corporations like the NBA, NFL, are making millions of dollars off of ticket sales. Um, people, there's always an appetite to go watch a game. And I think there's always gonna be appetite to go see a live performance.
0: If we were going to be like taken away from the theater, it would have happened like a hundred years ago, okay? Like it's not something that like is just gonna happen. And also to be a person in the theater who believes that, like why the fuck do you have so li- such little faith in this medium? And also to your point about bootlegs, like why do we make it so hard for people who love this to love it? It's always just interesting negotiating, loving something that, you know, so few people have access to or knowledge of. And it's this weird double life you sometimes have to live, you know, not like hiding it, but also recognizing that, okay, like there's a huge element of my life that is not something that I can easily share with people. And it doesn't need to be that way. Like the amount of things I have seen that I'm like, fuck, like. 10 of my friends would have loved to see this if this wasn't, you know, $100. And I know that I can get discounts and see this for under $50. But, you know, I, I, I don't know, I just, I struggle with this. And I don't want to be a young person in this dying form when it does not need to be dying. There are so many things and so many ways we can make this form accessible and exciting and cool to people without sacrificing what it actually is. You know what I mean? And I just think like anybody who's talking about the future of the theater, but is not talking about how to tap into that is missing the point. Sorry to go on a soapbox, but that's why y'all listen to talk back.
1: That was such an important point to make. And it is hard. We have this conversation a lot about how it's hard to to be kind of like normal people who have tons of friends and a big community of non-theater people. Um, And we know there's so much value in this in this craft and we know that so many of the people we love could also love it Um, but the the barrier to entry is real and you know I think we're both committed to narrowing that barrier and making it more accessible at least to our immediate communities hopefully in the long term you know to be a part of this larger movement in the theater that is trying to make it more accessible.
0: Well, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Look at this amazing conversation we had just from talking about Ratatouille. Um, Check out all these Ratatouille um, videos and support TikTok artists, support musical theater always. Listen to our podcast, tell people about this. Let's make theater a thing that we can all fucking enjoy. Um, We will see you next time. And
1: we need nice things, okay? We need them. We need nice things during COVID. So please, spread the joy, spread the love of E-School theater and of that little rat anyone can cook anyone can create anyone can be a part of this community we love y'all that was another episode of talk back thank you so much for listening we love y'all so much if you enjoyed the episode you just heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you would like to continue the conversation, please follow, tag, and DM us on social media. I am at kahari underscore blue on Instagram and Twitter.
0: And I'm at Rishi Matalik on Twitter and at Rishi Prava Metalik on Instagram. This episode was produced by Kahari Blue and Rishi Matalik. It was edited by uh, by Isabel Merrill and featured music by Jazak Gammon, a.k.a. Marinade. Also shout out to Caitlin Collins for our cover art.